The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review. Uh, since this is our Halloween episode, first of all, happy Halloween, everyone. Ooh, happy Halloween. I hope uh, you got a lot of candy uh, safely, however, however you're trick-or-treating if you are this year. Um, I want to throw so, out a little thing. For all sure. those parents out there that are afraid people are dropping drugs into Halloween candy, <laughs> drugs are way too fucking much money. Who the hell is going to spend all that money and put it into kids' candy just for funny? You know, it ain't yeah. happening. <laughs> It's it's much more likely to be razor blades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now that's that's yeah. There you go. That's the real threat. Uh, we are going to uh, be talking. I figured actually, since uh, since this year's album review fell on Halloween, we needed something that was a little bit spooky, and a, n- no one quite individually embodies. Halloween, other than maybe like say Elvi- El- eh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, quite like Rob Zombie. Yeah. So I figured let's go with uh, his, I believe it's his first solo album mm-hmm. That's release, uh, which was called Hellbelly Deluxe. Hellbilly, excuse me, not Hellbelly. Hellbilly Deluxe. It actually has a longer title, which is Hellbilly Deluxe. 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International, which makes he, no sense. He's a very theatrical guy, and I think it makes a he, lot of sense that he ended up becoming a, fil- a film director. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, you know, his. Uh, I think a lot of his kind of musical career was influenced by film. I mean, uh, he was his band, White Zombie, got the name from a horror movie of the same name and, from like the 50s or 60s, I think. And we'll be talking about it throughout this um, he drops in like sound bites from different horror movies throughout all of his songs. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, I remember this was an album that I definitely remember when it came out. Um, I had a good friend, Al, who bought this album, and I, Al was my ride to school a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we listened to this whole album quite a bit on our rides to and from school. Uh, have you ever listened to this whole album before? No, I've definitely heard of this album, heard of Hellbilly Deluxe because it's got a great name, but this is the first time I've listened to the entire album. Um, and I mean, I've heard the singles from it, but mm-hmm. besides that, this is uh, my inaugural uh, listen. The album came out on August 25th of 1998. Uh, it was released on Geffen Records. And was produced by Rob Zombie and Scott Humphrey, who I swear I've heard the name before. And I can't... uh, Looks like he's done a lot with stuff with uh, Motley Crue, Metallica, Monster Magnet, Power of Man 5000, which makes sense because that is fronted by Rob Zombie's younger brother, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, And surprisingly in sync. Huh. Okay. Uh, the personnel on this is a little bit varied because he has, um, you know, this is a solo album, which means he's gonna, it's not a band per se, so he's gonna use a bunch of different people. 
Um, but he he has a, 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 a small number of people that he actually does use. Uh, and some of them have like pseudonym names. So a guy named Riggs played guitar. His credit is Riggs. Uh, mm. Blasco plays bass. Tempesta plays drums. And I'm thinking these are all people who are in his regular band. Uh-huh. Uh, but we do get a couple of you know other guest ones and one very famous guest drummer. Yes, yeah, he'll pop up. I know. I saw that and I was like, oh wow, huh? Which I'm I'm only guessing maybe because of the connection with uh, Scott Humphrey having produced or mm-hmm. mixed with uh, Motley Crue. Maybe that's how we got it. And I kind of just said it right there, so we'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, Tommy Lee of yep. all people pre, uh, uh, appears on Meet the Creeper and the Ballad of Resurrection Joe. And Rosa Whore. Yep. <laughs> Which is an interesting name. Yeah. So, uh, Adam, you got some fun facts for us before we dive into the album? Yeah. Uh, Hellbilly Deluxe was actually, the title was derived from a 1987 album called Hillbilly Deluxe from Dwight Yoakam. So it's kind of obviously a play on that. <laughs> right. Uh, it hit number five on the Billboard 200, which is pretty impressive. And the artwork at the uh, the cover art uh, for this one, maybe for some of his later albums as well, was done by a guy named uh, Basil Gogos or Basil Gogos. Uh, but he mm-hmm. uh, is a famous American illustrator, best known for per- his uh, portraits of movie monsters, which appeared on the covers of Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine in the 60s and 70s. So uh, specifically, okay. Rob Zombie went out. You know, he was he obviously influenced by old you know, movies like that with the monster movies. And so he got the guy who drew for that magazine to draw his art or to paint his art. Okay. That makes total sense. Yep. And, uh, he sold over this, this album has sold over 3 million copies in the U S and it's his most successful album to date. All right. Uh, I have seen uh, Rob zombie in concert and I can tell you he puts on a hell of a show. I would bet, you know, I haven't really seen any clips or anything, of him doing live shows, but I imagine he exactly knowing, you know, that he does movies and whatnot, his production mm-hmm. value and the theatrics that he would get into, I bet is just like a, a top notch show. Yeah, there was, uh, uh, he, his whole band was sitting on top of this giant LED screen um, that, that was kind of like a stage on a stage. And it was just, it was high energy from start to finish. Okay, cool. It was really, really cool. Uh, all right, that's really all I have to uh, say to start us out, Adam. Do you uh, have anything else before we jump into the album? No, let's get it going. Uh, before we do, so Rob Zombie, mostly known for the 90s, but you know what else I like, Adam? What's that? I like the 80s. Yeah, I like uh, t-shirts from the 80s, if you will. Yeah, and so uh, did you know, Adam, that if you go to uh, 80stees.com, is that right, 80stees.com, mm-hmm. uh, and... Type in the code BFOP, you can get 30% off of your order if you buy from 80stees.com. Whoa, that's a whole bunch of percent right there. Ed, that is a significant percent of a t-shirt, especially with the cost of everything these days. 30% off actually sounds uh, pretty nice. Uh, you can get uh, all kinds of t-shirts with all kinds of uh, your favorite uh, 80s characters and sayings and all kinds of stuff. Adam, you got a couple already, don't you? I do. I have got a Macho Man Randy Savage shirt, and I have a Seinfeld Mandelbaum It's Go Time shirt. So, yeah, I, I, they're they're soft. They're fucking they're fantastic quality, so I highly recommend them. Like, you know, sometimes I've had shirts like this kind of stuff that I've gotten, like, from Walmart, and they, they fall to crap, and they just don't feel right. 
but this, th I will say, this is solid, and I'm very proud that uh, BFOP is working with ADCs.com on this. All right, go to ADCs.com and put in BFOP for 30% off. All right, and we're going to start our album off with a kind of little, like, introduction-y mm -hmm. song, which is not that unusual. Um, but the, here's the weird thing about this album. There's a lot of these sort of pseudo-intermission songs, but they're really kind of songs in themselves. They're just a little bit shorter versions. Uh, but except for this first one, which is very much sort of just like an interlude sort yes. of beginning, uh, simply just called Call of the Zombie. darkness the zombie did call. True pain and suffering he brought to them all. Away ran the children to hide in their beds, for fear that the devil would chop off their heads. <laughs> uh, if that doesn't set the tone for the album, I don't know what would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not typically a fan of these kind of... I mean, they don't... They, it's fine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm indifferent about them, but like specifically it's, you're right. The mood is very well set into horror, creepy vibes. Um, I did look up. So they use some, I already mentioned, and I'll, I'll probably have some of these comments for every single song. Cool. He'll use clips from different movies. And so for this one, there were some sound effect, some music and a scream that he pulled from a 1974 horror movie called Madhouse. Now, I have a whole list of ones that he he had pulled from, and I'd mm -hmm. say 99% of these films I'd never fucking heard of. Like, they are just right. really B-movie cult horror. Cool. So. I'm, I'm here for it. Cool. Uh, all right, well, let's move into our first real song of the album, uh, which is called Super Beast. I like what I like about this is we're definitely getting sort of still we're it's a still same style that we had with White Zombie, um, similar in sound, but with a lot more of the horror mm -hmm. thrown into it. Um, I I like the energy of this song, you know it moves. It's a good it's a good first song after this introduction that kind of pumps us through. Um, I've always liked this song. Yeah, it was um, one of the three. Singles, which our first three singles are our first three real songs. Yeah, and, and so it's actually funny. I was like, listen to the, I listened to them. I was like, all right, now a lot less research, and now I just, I mean, because the other ones I could research all of them because they had some more <laughs> info behind them and actually had Wikipedia pages. The rest were all just non-singles. So I was like, well, just kind of sit and listen and just kind of <laughs> see what's going on because I don't yeah. know the any of these other ones. But I did recognize Super Beast, um, particularly when it got into its harder stuff and the kind of right. chorus. And I was like, oh, yeah, this one. It hit number 26 on the mainstream rock charts. Yeah, heavy. Oh, one thing that I did like about that one, um, he used a good use of, of like uh, his pans or like, you know, putting things mm -hmm. into the left side track and then some to the right. And so yeah. you're getting like this 
auditory experience uh, yeah. as well as just like some good hard rock um, and electronic sound like new metal sounds to it it had a good right. like kind of almost anthem feeling like i could actually see myself in a crowded concert moshing to this song yeah that the i swear panning is an art that is just kind of not you don't find it in a lot of mainstream ones i listen to a lot of you know mainstream pop songs or I wouldn't even say rock songs, not that there are that many anymore, yeah. but like pop songs and, and hip hop songs, and they don't use panning out. Everything is just straight down the middle. Yeah. And I don't know, to me, that's kind of boring. Yeah. You know, give me give me that surround experience a little bit of, you know, popping something from left to right in my ear. Um, I like that. No, it, it is. Yeah. And for you being a music guy, a very, I mean, you're just, you now you're even getting, you know, stuff into audio technician stuff yes yeah, like you understand like what it can do and you're right though because like you get different feelings you get different interesting stuff like oh, oh oh what is this coming from this side to this side or or whatnot and um yeah i agree like everything is mixed exactly the same just straight down the middle and then everything has its own you know there there is less art in art nowadays than ever before <laughs> yeah it kind of feels like it a lot uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our next song, which uh, I would guess is probably the most well-known song off of his album and yep. might be Rob Zombie's best-known solo song, if not his best-known song ever, mm-hmm. uh, which is Dragula. One thing I definitely remember about this song was the music video. Did you watch the music video for this? I did watch the music video. Yeah, it's um, it's actually I wanted to, so I wanted to put in this preface. Um, the song is actually kind of based on the drag racing Dragula, which is an actual drag racing you know car from the show The Monsters. Oh, so- okay. And so in the music video, you'll see him. Actually, he's driving the monster coach. It's not actually the drag racing thing, but he's on like this kind of creepyish kind of coach car. It's the mm-hmm. it's the monster's main car. But I think he used that instead of their drag racer because it's more iconic and people might okay. recognize it. But yeah, so it's kind of I mean, you'll see him doing that. And then there's just a whole bunch of other creepy shit. But it is a good music video. Yeah. Um, g- great heavy song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kick great chorus that when it you know when it kicks in and it just makes me want to like headbang and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think pretty iconic now. It is. I mean, this is a fantastic um, for me. It kind of makes my new metal and my workout mix songs because it just it'll get me moving and I feel good and I just feel like intense listening to this song. It moves so well. It's catchy for us for a you know big heavy metal song like this. Yeah. Uh, hit number six on the mainstream rock charts, so it's pretty solid there. 
Um, the opener, the superstition, fear and jealousy, uh, comes from a 1960 horror movie called uh, The City of the Dead. And do you know who that is who's saying it? I saw that and I was like, it didn't sound like him to me, but it's one of it's from one of the horror gods. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Sauron himself. Yeah. Count Dooku. Yep. And Dracula in like a bajillion movies as well for yeah. other stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's awesome. So that was really cool. Very, very cool. I, I want to mention, I want to mix it up a little bit here because I don't want to not mention when they released Dracula, they also released it on the single uh, like CD with a remix mm-hmm. version called the Hot Rod Herman remix. Which I remember that. So the Hot Rod Herman one, it's named the Hot Rod Herman remix for Herman Munster. Herman Munster, as a tie yeah. into that, it's because it's Hot Rod. But the Hot Rod Herman mix is what appears on the uh, the Matrix soundtrack, and is all a lot mm. more technically beaded up with a lot of yeah. stuff. And I like that one. I would say equally as much. They're both really fucking good. Yeah, they're they're really good. There was a there was a whole remix album that came out in two thousand and two where a bunch of people came in and remixed a bunch of his songs. And I can't remember. It was basically, it was most of the songs from this album, I think. Okay. I remember it being pretty good, too. I think I liked the original better, but mm-hmm. it was they were all pretty good. And they were all very sort of like techno-y and that sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next song, which is actually my favorite uh, Whoa. song on this album. Uh, which is called Living Dead Girl. I think one of the reasons why I like this song is it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of More Human Than Human mm. in sort of some of the style and some of the instrumentation and the way it works. And More Human Than Human is my favorite song of mm-hmm. Rob Zombie of any, in any form. Okay. Um, I think it's just a great, great song. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are people who like other songs better as yeah. deep cuts and stuff like that but i still think that's an incredibly great song yeah yeah more human human is fantastic i like living dead girl to me it's impossible to beat dragula on this album mm-hmm. um but i absolutely recognize it it was popular uh when it came yeah. out it hit um i think number seven on the mainstream yeah number seven on the mainstream rock charts is actually featured in both the films bride of chucky and the uh 1998 psycho remake uh used it <laughs> as well at some point <laughs> So there are a couple different um, polls from other movies. So that opening, the who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead uh, that started off. That is actually from a movie called Lady Frankenstein from 1971. Uh, There was and that was actually from the trailer of that movie, not specifically from that movie. And then there was also a bit uh, some of the percussive. Sorry. They used some sampling stuff from a movie called The Last House on the Left from 1992. And then one other last little bit. 
There were some lines saying, what are you thinking about? The same thing are you. So some of the, some audio stuff from uh, a movie called Daughters of Darkness from 1971. So sampling multiple different films uh, in this one. The, there was actually a credit. One of the, uh, his, well, his future wife was credited as living dead girl in this album. I don't know. Uh Maybe she did some speaking or something or did some singing or something on the. She might have done the, the intro, the little, the little girl's voice. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that could have been it. She might have been the living dead girl. But yeah, she her name was Kitty Moon uh, is what she's credited as. But mm-hmm. nowadays she seems to go by Sherry Moon Zombie. And her and Rob Zombie have been married since 2002. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's funny how horror blossoms love. It just does. Yeah. So. I think what I what I like about the this song is um, it's got a... It it it's not a, it's got like a medium tempo, mm-hmm. but it's kind and it, it's got a little bit of like a swing to it, just a little bit of swing that I think makes it a little bit different from the other some of the other songs on this album, which is probably why it, I always found it to be distinctive and liked it. Yeah, no, it's a solid one. It's, I I definitely see how it was used a little bit more as a mainstream song because it definitely gets the head moving the living dead girl yeah this is a very strong very enjoyable song i watched the music video and it actually it actually i think it stars um the sherry moon zombie or kitty moon as the living dead girl in it as well but it's all got a very um the 1920 silent film uh, the cabinet of dr caligari caligari um, that's, it's kind of like a parody, not parody, but it's kind of like influenced on that in the music video where he's kind of playing the doctor who brought this person to life. So I just kind of was looking and he says, there's a line in there where he says operation filth. They love to love the wealth of an SS whore making scary sounds. And it's possibly a uh, reference to a film called, uh, Issa or Ilsa, she wolf of the SS. Okay, intense. Which I is some sort of. Oh, it says it's a 1975 Canadian exploitation film about a sadistic and sexually voracious Nazi prison camp. <laughs> oh wow, that seems intense. Yeah, a bit much. That's that's a bit much. Uh, all right, let's go on to our next one, which I think is it's kind of an an interlude, but it's a whole song in itself, and it's called Perversion '99. I'm not a huge fan of skip kind of, next <laughs> once. I will say though, that at least his interlude songs fit the style that he set for the album. Yeah. They, they're using creepy sounds. Um, there, it sounds very Halloween. Like I could totally see this on like some sort of like compilation, Halloween soundtrack of just like songs that people would play in front of their house as kids are coming up to trick or treat or something like that. Mm-hmm. So there is at least that. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that. that, I agree. Skip next. Yeah. It's it's just a 
it's just an interlude. Yeah, uh, there is a music poll or a music cue that they pull from the Daughters of Darkness 1971 movie as well, actually. Um, but besides that, and there we'll actually hear from that song two more times. He really liked that movie. I mean, um, <laughs> in this one, this one. But my favorite part about this interlude is the name. I think Perversion 99 is a pretty cool name. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, eh, don't care. Because it really just makes you wonder, what was Perversions 1 through 98? Yes! I'm so curious. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which I think actually also has a very cool name. Um, I think he's. I think he comes up with some pretty interesting names on, on some of this, uh, and that is called Demonoid Phenomenon. I really like his use of the electronica in this one mm-hmm. with like the the kind of trap drum set that he's got going on, um, which does kind of not conflict, but does work with the really heavy guitars because he's got really low detuned guitars. You can tell it's really, really low. Um, and but and they're not even doing anything like crazy. Like towards the beginning of the you know the verse, they're just going bum bum bum. It's not anything crazy, but it works really well against the, how busy the sort of trap drum set he's got going on underneath it uh, just works together. I think. Nice. Yeah. Ultimately, this one I liked it. It was driving. It was heavy. I thought it was a yeah. solid song. I found myself bobbing my head to this one, honestly. It was just like, dun, 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 you know, just kind of like that, you know, that metal, you know, head nod that that, that I you can you, that you can't yeah. help but do. So. Uh, the one, the one downfall I will say to this album is I started to notice um, similarities between songs in yeah. kind of the way he was singing, sometimes in the form of the song. So, like, you're getting you're getting a lot of similar things, but the thing is, is they still rock. Yeah, they still you still like it still make you want to bob your head and like you know this uh, this album would be a great driving album. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe that's why my friend and uh, friend Al always played it in the car because yeah. <laughs> it was a great driving album. Yep. Uh, so I can't I can't really get mad at him for that. Also, it's his first solo one, so the, you know we've talked about that with other ones where the first album you hear it and you're like God that just they all sound kind of similar. And it's because they're finding their sound, and I'm sure yeah. as it as it go, go as they grow as musicians, they'll it diversifies and such. Yeah. But overall, I think this is um, this is definitely top half song. Yeah, I, you know what? I'd agree with that. Uh, it's another one where he used a soundbite from the Daughters of Darkness 1971 <laughs> film. I mean, boom! I really like that one. Also, maybe he decided it was easier to pay royalties uh, for <laughs> yeah. just to one, you know, for as few movies as possible. Definitely a possibility. So. Uh, or maybe yeah. it's his favorite one. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. Uh, but this is a good one. This is definitely, it, it moved well. I enjoyed Demonoid Phenomenon. All right. Let's move on to the next one, which is called Spook Show Baby. Yeah. 
So one thing I do like about this song is it it feels a little different mm. than the other ones. He's singing his verses a little bit different. He's he's getting a little bit more of a, a growly, not a growly. Um, I don't trying to think throaty, of what's the best way. Throaty, like a more throaty voice. Um, I don't remember if it was this song. There was another song on here, and it might be this one. It might be a different one. Where I'm like, oh, I'm getting very heavy Marilyn Manson vibes off of it. Yeah. You know what? Yes. And I kind of had like, oh, I've, I've heard this style before. You're right. It was slightly different from him, but maybe it was more of like a, I'm getting more Manson vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the sitar kind of style opening. Yeah. And it's, it's different yeah. and adds a little bit of change and variety to it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going, <laughs> I thought you were no, going no, beyond no. that. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it was it was enjoyable. I, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 sitar had a little bit of a different stuff, but like overall, I at this point on the album, kind of similar to how you said it before. I'm like, okay, uh oh, am I gonna am I gonna feel everything is the same? You yeah. Know? So, uh, and I think generally speaking, and I'm, I don't know, I'm just kind of saying this now. Aside from like the interlude songs, I'd say the whole album is very listenable. Yeah. There's there's not like a regular song where I'm like, oh god, I can't listen to that. Very true. Um, and you know, maybe that's what he, he's, it, it works for him. Mm-hmm. If, if you're getting similar song, if you're putting out similar songs and if someone likes one of them, that means they're probably going to at least like the other ones. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm fine with that. And, uh, with that, let's move on to an interlude song, <laughs> uh, which does have vo- oh, vocals in this one, but, uh, it sounds very interesting. It's called how to make a monster. So I can't understand a damn thing he's saying throughout the whole this, and it honestly sounds like it was recorded someone standing in the back of an empty theater. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it. It, it sounds like they put um, some EQ on it to almost sound like it was coming through a wall. Yeah, like that. That's kind of and and when I thought about that, I was like, okay, maybe that's what they're trying to get through. Is like maybe like a sound from the basement or sound from the other room is like a right. scary thing because that's all part of horror, right? Um, but ultimately. I was with you where it's just like, damn it, that it's just distracting me more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to be like, this actually sounds like it could be a cool song, but you fucked it up with uh, <laughs> with with that EQ. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it it was it's short. It's it's just over a minute and a half, and that's that's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. I distracting is a great way to put it because I could not help but like hear that it's like god it sounds like I'm it sounds like they're playing on the other end of a warehouse from where mm. I'm standing yeah and that that was just not it just didn't work agreed uh, alright let's move on to the next song which is uh, the next two songs are the ones that uh, Tommy Lee played on and hopefully he didn't give these songs syphilis uh, <laughs> hey uh, and the first one is called meet the creeper Oh, you 
this one was okay. I I actually said I was digging it a little bit. Okay. You know, it's a bit repetitive, the song yeah. actually. Um, but it's good metal. Uh it does have two um uh different samples. Again, Daughters of Darkness from nineteen seventy one. This is the last one that he pulled okay. from that one. There was a line that he pulled from that movie. And then also uh one from a movie nineteen seventy film called Mark of the Devil, uh that he uses in this one as well. So like I will say overall, it really helped listening to this album. I listened to it this morning, but last night I went to uh, like, a, like a haunted house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually it was at the Georgia Renaissance Festival. They kind of rearranged or like, you know, redressed stuff up and kind of made yeah. it like a you're walking through a haunted village. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. So I did that late last night. And so I kind of like I'm in, I'm in the Halloween mood right now. And so whatever it was, this one, like it kind of it kind of hit me in, in the right vibes. Cool. So, all right, well, that works. All right, well, I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the next one, uh, which is The Ballad of Resurrection Joe and Rosa Whore. I think this is the one that in my head was the one that was giving me the heavy uh, Marilyn Manson vibes. Okay. In the way he was singing the verses, especially. Um, I do kind of appreciate there's a slight change in style. Um, It still sounds Rob Zombie, but I can, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm just hearing enough of the songs together that any change sounds like a big change. Yeah. This one did, I, I wrote down more electronic influence than like the heavy metal influence from this one but whatever it was about it it didn't do it for me and i I can see the marilyn manson side on that but overall this one was probably one of my least favorites it it it's definitely bottom half for me okay as well it might be upper bottom half but it's still it's still bottom half okay all right let's go on to the next one which is called what lurks on channel x When this song first kicks off, I'm like, "Oh, it's Eat the Rich." It's the same rhythm uh-huh. as the beginning of Eat the Rich. Um, I like that part. That is really the only part of the song I liked. <laughs> I'm with you. This one is a definite bottom half song for me. I had didn't care for it, and really ended up being my only notes was, "All right, here's some more samples that he used for movies." Um, 1966 is The Undertaker and His Pals, and then also 1972 is The Last House on the Left. He used uh, different samples from that, or one of them from their trailers. And so, yeah, this one, eh, not 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 my flavor all that much. 
Yeah, not really at all. All right, well let's put let's push on from from this one. And uh, pushing on is the right term. I mean, we got all <laughs> the good stuff at the beginning, and then without question, the second half of this album is dragging to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's go to the next song, which is called "Return of the Phantom Stranger." I didn't mind this one so much. It didn't mix things up a little bit enough. Like it wasn't as like hard and fast. It still had yeah. some hard, but it slowed it down a bit. Yeah, and I, I kind of like, I, I liked, I liked the structure of his of his chorus, and like he had like this sort of like cinematic strings almost going on in the background. It's not a great song, but it's a good song, and it was list. I think it was it was listenable enough to make the back end of the album be like okay well i can i can get through to this yeah yeah i agree this one was decent it, it used a uh, sample surprise surprise this one is from a 1973 film called the satanic rites of dracula uh some <laughs> use some a- audio from that one um but yeah like this was this was like a, a definite middle of the road song to me like this was kind of like you know it was solid but it wasn't it wasn't great so yeah yeah all right, well we've uh, we've kind of pushed on through, and now we're at not just the end, Adam, but the beginning <laughs> of the end. <laughs> It's a little weird that they just kind of put like an interlude-ish type thing at the end. Yeah, I mean, they have like their own specific intro and a specific outro. Um, yeah. It's just there's cacophonous horror sounds mixed in with some electronic almost music elements. You know, <laughs> noise. Kind. Electronic noise. We'll see. Yeah. So it was, it was an okay end, but it was not like a strong end. Right. But, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and just jump into our final thoughts. Uh, I'll let you start. I enjoyed listening to the album. Um, I do like that mix of electronic and metal, like that new metal style. So even the songs that I didn't know before, you know, none of them were like really bad. You know, Mm -hmm. they were all fine. Um, But it's going to be pretty doubtful that I go back and listen to anything that's not the singles from this album mm-hmm. is just true. The interstitial stuff I can live without, without question. Right. Um, and then the other stuff is fine, but the singles all do it better. And so I would pretty much just stick to those three of super beast, Dragula and, um, uh, the lady one, the fuck living dead girl, living dead girl. Thank you. I don't know why I said lady, <laughs> but yeah, the living dead girl, those three are the best I'd say easily 
on the album. I like Creeper, uh, Meet the Creeper. Maybe that's my next favorite, actually, personally. Okay. But other than that, yeah, it's um, I'm not diving back into this one. I respect Rob Zombie. Hey, props to you. You do some really di- interesting, different, different stuff. I love. I really do love how he honestly like gives homage to a lot of these horror movies that n- most people haven't heard of. I right. mean, maybe some people on bla- on um, podcasting after dark has seen some of this crazy shit, but we haven't. We're a little bit more mainstream, so I do respect that he is using that into his art and melding it into that. And it gives it a little bit of props. Um, but overall I'm sticking to the main stuff and you know, I'm probably not going to be going back to Hellbilly deluxe. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a kind of a nostalgic tie cause it reminds me of high school when we listened to this. Um, admittedly, I do tend to stick to also the singles. I do also like demonoid phenomenon and meet the okay. creeper and, um, uh, Phantom Stranger was okay. I don't know if I'd ever actively go out and search that one out, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's enough similarities in the songs, as we mentioned, where you can, you know, if you like any of them, you can listen to the whole album yeah. without there being an issue. But yeah, I typically, it's kind of those four, the, the three singles plus Demonoid Phenomenon are the ones that I pull out the most okay. if I'm, if I'm in a Rob Zombie mood. Um, so the album is good, but not great. What I'd okay. say. All right, and that was our review of Hellbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie. Please join us next time for a patron episode as Alex Renkamp joins us to discuss the 1981 film Taps, talk about the 90s TV show Major Dad, and cast Marvel's Howling Commandos into a movie. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.